Thank you for joining us today on Salon Sluice. My name is Leslie and my co-host is Melissa. I want to remind all of you who listen to us on a regular basis, or maybe this is your first time, to please follow, subscribe, like, share, whatever the case may be for the platform you are on. Now, we do post these episodes on YouTube with video for those of you who'd rather watch. We enjoy making these shows, but unless you interact with us, we're not sure if you do. So please jump on your social media and let us know. You can find us under Salon Sluice on almost any platform. Now, we hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you. Hello, Leslie Salon Sluice. How are you today? You look so cute with your bow. Thank you. Thank you. You look very festive. I do. So for you, like for, you viewers, house for you, you can tell. Yes. You decorated it beautifully. You got a new house. <laughs> yes, I did. New staircase. For all, for all of you watching us on YouTube, uh, I'm having technical difficulties where I cannot download a back background, virtual background. For some reason, it says my computer. I don't know. My computer isn't that old, but clearly it's too old to let it do it. I don't know. Anyways, or it's just user error, but Leslie has this pretty festive Christmas tree and lovely house. And the only thing I can do is add like eyebrows and a headband to myself. So that's, that's what we're currently looking at. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I know we're just one week away from Christmas. Are you all ready? I, I pretty much am. I pretty much am. Um, you know, we're not doing a bunch of gifts to people. I, I think maybe I told you this. I don't, I don't know. Um, so instead of getting together with the family, which we're not doing, I did boxes to all the family members and sent them these basically kind of like little care gift boxes. And, um, I'll actually show you. So I had everybody in the family come up with like the things that to them helped them survive 2020. And I didn't want to go negative, like Corona survival or anything like that. I wanted it to be really positive. So I came up with best of 2020 and it looks like a magazine cover with a little snowy picture. And it's the Schultz family edition, December, 2020 Eric's essentials. And I go through like the Mandalorian. He loves this new beer. Does your husband, your husband likes beer, right? great it, notion it here. Like one that he drinks and it's oh, like okay gross oh okay this is um a beer that's locally made and they only make batches and then they move on to the next batch so like you can't just constantly get it and you can't get it in the store it's called great notion beer and so then i have melissa's must-haves which at first i had dark chocolate peloton workouts dark chocolate peloton workouts and my daughter's like, you realize you just duplicate. I'm like, that's the joke. That's, yeah, that's the I whole thing of it. Like, that's funny. So I changed that up, but then we have Jacob's items and Maya's hot list. And so anyways, then I took one thing from each person's list and sent it to the family members. That's cute. So they got that's a two lot beers. Fun. Yeah. They got yeah. two beers. They got my dark chocolate. They got, um, well, some of them got a hiking book if, cause Jacob, survived 2020 by hiking a lot. And so he wanted to give maps of, um, hikes in the, in the Mount hood area. And if, if they weren't going to hike, I gave him his pizza dough recipe, which is really cool. Yeah. I should give that to you. Oh my gosh. We have been eating so much homemade pizza because of that stupid dough. Yeah. I would love that. Maya, she loves this chocolate chip recipe from her best friend's mom. 
So she made cookies and I put the recipe in there and told people how to cook them and everything. So we did that. That's smart. So I got those out and everybody's been getting them this week and calling and they're like, this is so thoughtful. Thank you. You know, cute. Yeah. A little bit of an update. Remember we talked about my one client last week and she was really sad. Like, yes, I just felt really bad for her. She really wanted somebody in her life and I had taken a gift and just put it by her door, which she hasn't mentioned. So I don't think she realizes it's me, yeah. which I'm happy for. Yeah. But then I went and got a gift for her dog. Her dog has high anxiety. Like when she's not home, she has to take her dog to her parents' house because um, he just is so stressed out. He'll slobber everywhere. He'll go to the, I don't know if he goes to the bathroom in the house, but like he's breaking out of his kennel. Like he just super stressed. Okay. And so when I went to talk to the vet about getting a puppy or to our curtain dog, and they mentioned uh, the pheromone colors, oh. but they also have like a diffuser and um, it just naturally calms the dog down. And um, the lady mentioned it. And it was funny because my friend Amber had also already mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then when I went to the vet and she's like, it works really, really well. And so I went and bought her, I bought my dog a collar and then I got this diffuser for her and I went to take it, wrapped it. Went to take it where I was planning on putting it by her door, although I did put my name on it and yeah. I, we had already talked about it. So I pull up and there's a big old pickup truck in her driveway. What? And so I go to put it on her door, not realizing they're sitting in it. And she opens the door and I'm like, are you making out in there to try to embarrass her? She's <laughs> like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you later. And um, then we were texting and I said, it's Christmas magic. And then I noticed yesterday on her Instagram, she writes Christmas magic. She's like, I never realized my life would be, I could be a Hallmark story, but you know, in the very beginning, it all is. So yes. Oh my I hope gosh. It continues for her, at least through the holidays to get her through this thing. But she loves country music and she loves like big trucks and but she also loves a gentleman. And so far that's all he, he is all of that, but yes. we're all on our best behavior in the beginning, but, um, well, just, fingers, so fingers crossed. And then she found somebody at least right now. I think it's great. I was that's very cute. Well, I love that you were her secret admirer. Does she listen to our show? Will she know that you're I don't the think secret so. admirer? Okay. No, I don't think so. Well, speaking of that, that's funny that you say that because yesterday somebody clearly had gotten a business journal that has my, that has a ads occasionally of that my husband's in yeah and they (laughs) they posted the picture and wrote like a uh like a wanted poster and with the the picture of him circled and said you know he's on the lamb you know (laughs) please be on the lookout for him and they took it and they turned it towards the inside of our house and taped it onto our window at our front door (laughs) Hilarious. And I come to, I immediately notice it. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? That's hilarious. So we don't know who sent it. So it's probably one of our neighbors, yeah. but Eric, it took him the longest time. He's like, what is that? I don't, I, I don't understand. I'm like, dude, yeah. get with the program here. So I love and, when people are creative like that. That's cute. yeah. And I love when it's funny and you get it. Yes. And sometimes yeah. when I like, try to tell a joke or I do something like, and they don't get it, it's like, it's not even funny. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't get the whole point. Like, <laughs> like the other day we were hiking, Lucy and I, um, just up towards PCC. Yeah. And we had the dog and she's kind of going crazy. And there was this guy and he was dragging stuff and he oh. was like putting it in the dumpster. 
And Lucy's like, oh my God, I hope that's not a dead body. Dead body. Of course she thinks that. We all think that, right? And we get closer and the guy says, uh, I can't remember what he said, but he commented something to us. And um, I'm like, I could see that he was just pulling big brush. Like he was cutting a part of a tree. And we're like, I'm so relieved because <laughs> we thought that was a dead body. And he just, <laughs> and he just kind of smiled. And he's like, how old are you to her? Because I'm like, she yeah. thought you were a dead body. And um, he goes, because that's something my 15 year old would say. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Like the first thing, of course, it would be a dead body, not like. Yeah brush from your tree and the best part is you get closer to him and we say it to somehow get yourself in trouble if it was a dead body instead of just turning and running and it's in the woods like yeah. it's like right on the edge of this the entrance to this park and it's like there's no one around it was kind of so funny. does he work does he work there or was he bringing his own no, brush from his just, own house? it's his house like his house is on this oh. it's on this turn and then there's the the entrance to the path got but you it's oh, okay. right at the edge of base of um PCC, PCC so it's like yeah. very woodsy around there. <laughs> and uh, clearly, we weren't really concerned it was a dead body, or we would yes. continue on. But um, yeah. there was a moment where, like, what is he dragging? <laughs> and of course, you and Lucy would. But be when like, she oh. said, it, I was like, I totally thought the same thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to yes. put that in your head. Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, so you have a awesome. story for us today, Melissa. I do. <laughs> I have yes. a story. Okay, this one actually came from a listener and a friend of mine who um, told me, hey, have you guys done a story on Kimberly Ann Forbes? And at first I was like, oh, Forbes, that, you know, for some reason I thought she must be famous. Um, well, so then I started reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually do remember this. Yeah, me too. So um, a lot of the information I got was from the Charlie Project. And it really seems like anybody else, any other um, articles or news outlets that I looked at, it was all the same information, which is extremely limited, which I know for you and I, that's super frustrating because we're like, okay, is nobody paying attention to this anymore? Do it. Yeah. Like this just seems like it's frustrating, I guess, because there's just no more information, but so she went missing on, um, in 2004, October 30th, 30th, the evening before was the last time she was seen. And her daughter actually saw her and they both went to bed. It seems as though. And then the next morning, what's that? Did they live together? They did. Yeah. Seemingly they lived together. I did look up the date to see what day of the week that was. And that was a Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. So she had plans on, um, 10 31, which that would be Halloween, right? Yeah. Yeah. On Halloween morning, 2004 to meet a girlfriend in hood river. She, they, she was from hood river. She was just going to meet her three miles away and have breakfast. And then she was planning to go to Portland, um, by herself and do some shopping. I'm unclear whether it was really Christmas shopping or just shopping, but around that time, I could see you starting to get serious too, about, you know, maybe doing a little bit of Christmas shopping in town. For those of you who don't know the area, Hood River's about, I don't know, an hour from Portland. And it's really, um, it's in the gorge. It's gorgeous. By the way, I have a girlfriend living there right now. one of our listeners actually, um, and it's gorgeous, but it's, it's on the Columbia Gorge river. And 
it's also on the backside of Mount Hood. So you really have to take 84 down into town. So it's not like something that somebody's just going to run to Target or something like that. And normally she didn't do that trip by herself. She actually would go with a friend or whatever. Well, nobody was available this day. And so she was going to go by herself. Now she is classified as endangered and missing. Um, she's a white woman. She was born on 1019 of 1956. And so she was um, 48 at the time, but she would be 64 years old at this time. She was wearing uh, diamond stud earrings and she has graying hair and blue eyes. And like I said, she was last seen on October 30th of 2004. And she never showed up for the breakfast with a friend. And she, you know, they started looking for her. Um, oh, this was interesting. She was actually, sorry, I do know where she, what she was going to shop for. She was looking for flannel sheets and other winter necessities is what they said. Um, and they, so they started looking for her and after two weeks of her missing, they actually found her SUV and it was a burgundy 2000 Ford Explorer with Oregon license plates, X TB six, seven, nine. It had a trailer hitch, a sticker with like a silhouette of a pig. And it was actually found abandoned in a lot of Don Pedro's Mexican food in the vicinity of the 18,800 block of Southeast Stark Street in Gresham. I actually looked up Don Pedro's, it's still there. There's like a subway and then it's kind of in the back. So I assume that it was kind of tucked in the back um, where kind of not a lot of people are, you know, hanging out or whatever. Um, but this location is 55 miles from her house. And when they found the car, the rear passenger window was actually broken out of it. Um, there was no signs of Kimberly and they did find, however, women's clothing. They found fast food containers inside and outside the car. They found credit card receipts. Um, the driver's seat, this is interesting. The driver's seat was pushed all the way back and way further than she could have used the car in that way. Um, and witnesses say that the car had been there since at least November 5th. There were fingerprints, which was kind of a hot, hot topic at the beginning. And they actually were matched to a Gresham man. He was very cooperative and he admitted to breaking into the car when it was abandoned. He found it abandoned in the parking lot, but he denies having anything to do with her disappearance. They actually end up giving him um, a lie detector test and he actually passed it. And they, they do not see him as a suspect. He says that he found the car and that the car had already appeared to be broken into. And um, then he got into it and saw that he, if he could steal anything else. It's unclear to me in my investigation whether he ever admitted to pushing back the seat. It seems that the, that the police think that that pushing back of the seat um, potentially is a clue, but it doesn't really seem like there's any proof of that. If it had been broken into in the parking lot, it's quite possible that somebody pushed back the seat. It's also possible that somebody drove it there and pushed back the seat, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a little, it, it could be a clue. It could not be a clue. Um, investigators then dug into her life and they found that she had several online relationships. 
And she had at least met with one of these boyfriends um, that she'd met online, but nothing else was really of interest or um, suspicion in her life. Friends described her as um, very reliable, punctual, and she wouldn't have just left without warning. And she actually worked at the Columbia River Bank in the Dalles, which is really close to Hood River. It's like the adjoining kind of town, not adjoining necessarily, but it's, it's really close. It's like their hub where you would go to Walmart and kind of those big box stores near, um, near, the, near uh, Hood River. Anyways, but she was supposed to go to work on November 1st and she didn't show up, which was odd for her too. If, if she would have been anywhere in town, she would have shown up. Um, so the last time she was seen, she seemed happy and in good spirits, her daughter said, and there was no activity on her bank accounts, her credit cards, or her cell phone. Her cell phone stayed off from that point, which they didn't say when it turned off. Like, did she turn it off, um, the night of the 30th when she went to bed? Did she turn it off the next morning? Like where, you know, cause I, I leave my phone on all night. I know some people don't, and maybe back in 2004, people didn't. Um, so it's really hard to be clear as to when the phone went off and, and when it was turned off. Um, but like I said, she didn't normally drive to town by herself, um, and but this time she was planning to. Um, they, her loved ones do believe that she met with foul play, play and that maybe possible carjacking um, if you do have information, please call Crime Stoppers of Oregon. They're actually offering $2,500 for information leading to an arrest. Please call or contact anonymously. Um, online, you can do the same thing. You can do it too. Um, or by phone, which is 503-823-4357. So what do you think, Leslie? We need to do a little bit of brainstorming here. Yes. Um, because I did read the same thing that you did. And, um, and as you were telling that story, a few thoughts came to mind. So Good. first of all, um, Hood River is a small town. Yes. And we know that small towns usually have some. Seedier. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that came to mind because we, we should be clear all towns do, but when you have a small town, yeah. sometimes you kind of know the underbelly a little more than a bigger town, right? You can, yeah. they can get lost in the underbelly in a big town. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, um, and you know, maybe that's unfair to say, but I do think that I, I've heard, I don't, I can't tell you for sure that, you know, certain towns like that and like our beach towns also have a problem with, you know, meth and other things. So, and have, we have spent our summers playing in Hood River for lots of different reasons, whether it's water or mountain biking, or they have a skate park there that we like to join, to go to. And we were there one year and there was like this RV and it was like on the side of the road, right by the park. And like, people were like, walking down the street and then they would go into it and then they would come back out and then they would keep going. And then the what? people that were in the RV, like managing it, were kind of coming over and like hanging out at the um, skate park and kind of, I don't know if they were watching us, but we were definitely not going into the bathroom because we didn't want to be quartered in there. And we, we kind of hung out. We didn't want to like, you know, freak out and like leave or whatever. But, you know, Michael was out there like a guard dog and, you know, we were 
we were aware what was happening, but we're trying not to show that we're watching. And it was just weird. Like some strange things were happening. And, and in Hood River too, like in where we live, like our residential homes, the houses are pretty close together. Yeah. In Hood River, they may be, but they might be surrounded by trees in between. It's very woodsy. And so I think, um, even though she may have had neighbors next door, they may not have seen some of the stuff that we might see in like our suburban areas that we have here. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe somebody needed a ride somewhere you right. know, and jumped in the car with her. My question is, so that she lived with her daughter. Right. Where, how old was her daughter? Does her daughter still live in that same house? Well, it seemed like she was an adult, but I, there was no, nothing about that. I kind of wanted to know more about that. So like, tell me what happened the night before she went missing. Was there an argument? Like, if she was 48 and, and she had her at 18, yeah, the daughter's still in her 20s. Like, right. did she have a boyfriend that, right. You was know, what happened the night before at home? Like, did, was she able to like, you know, was her life insurance? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, yes. like was I agree. something involved with the daughter and then, or the boyfriend of the daughter or something along those lines. And did you see, did you hear that the back, back window was broken out? Broken out. Yes. So then why would that happen? Right. Why would there be a broken window? Well, that could have happened after the car was abandoned is kind of where I went to that. Um, my question was, do we have the breaking out a back window? Just to be a shithead, like some kid, you know, they're, oh, here's an abandoned car. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to smash it out. I mean, I don't know. I don't have no idea. But the question is, was the glass in the car? Was the glass not in the car from the window? Like broken and it had been broken. And and you would think that daughter would have mentioned, oh, the window's been broken for a while. Or was there glass on the ground in the parking lot? So we know that the glass was broken in the, there's a whole lot of answers. Like, yeah, like she get in the car to go to breakfast, the car get broken because she's surrounded by people, Correct. you know, and he scared her or whatever, like. But also the whole thing, like you're saying, do we have proof she left the house? Right. It, let's start there. Yeah. That, let's that's start in the, the backyard of her own house. Like not the backyard, you know, Yeah. maybe the backyard. And but. I think that's one of the frustrating things that you and I've talked about before. Okay. This was 2004. It has been, I'm not good with math in this terms, but it's been 16 years. Like give us some more information yeah. Like I know they did a, uh, an article, like when she'd been missing for 10 years, but still no more information. Do we know she left the house? Like, was she having an argument with her daughter? Was, was she having, you know, wh- where her parents, like what, what are some circumstances surrounding this? Was she, was she, did she typically pick up hitchhikers? Yeah. Um, well, you know, you know she'd met some boyfriends online. So it's like, okay, well maybe, but what would be the point of doing that? If it didn't show any activity in her bank accounts, did she have a little bit of cash on her to go shopping the next day? Right. And then, you know, some CD boyfriend of the, but she would have met her friend for breakfast. That's the other thing. Happened on Saturday night. What's like, that? Like it happened most likely Saturday that, night. That's my thing. Like she didn't show up for breakfast the next day. She wasn't going to skip breakfast and drive to hood or drive to Portland to go shopping. So I think something between breakfast before her leave or getting to breakfast, I should say, she could have left for breakfast and the night before that's when it happened. So and either maybe the daughter doesn't even know, but it could be 
I mean, I don't know. Did she smoke? Could she have ran out for cigarettes? Could she have ran out for alcohol? Like, did she go to sleep? I mean, I'm making a huge assumption because I kind of feel like it sounded like the, the daughter lived there, but maybe the daughter didn't live with her. So what happened? Did she invite a boyfriend over? Like, I think there's a whole lot of question there, but I agree with you. I think it happened that evening before, before breakfast. Do you think, because there isn't a whole lot of information, right? There's a couple of news articles and then they reopened the case in 2018 mm-hmm. and then there's a few, but there's no more information. No, there's none. So is it because of it happened in 2004? We just don't have any. Is it because they're not giving us the information? Why do you think there wasn't very much information released at all? Well, I think it's, they're not giving it to us, um, which I don't understand. You know, you and I have talked about this before when this case goes cold like this, give more information to people. Maybe it will spark a memory. Maybe somebody has been told something, you know, in 2004, 2005, or, or maybe one of these guys that she was seeing, you know, they have now said something to another girlfriend or they've threatened another girlfriend. Like, have we investigated all these guys that she was seeing online? Are they all legit? Like, there's so many questions for me. Why not throw something out, a little bit more information to people to get people talking about it again? Right, and like, why isn't the daughter's name released? Why isn't she out looking? I agree. You know, or maybe like a lot of people are told, like, let, let the police do their work. Right. And so people don't want to like, so if they have a little bit of information, they don't want to put more out. I don't know. Yes. But no, I I understand. Maybe the daughter's told not to say anything because it might jeopardize if they do find it, then it will jeopardize a case or something. But so you and I have been doing this now. uh, Well, not about nine months because we started during at the beginning of COVID if this were to, God forbid, ever happen to somebody close to you or in your family, what do you think that you would just trust and sit back and let police and law enforcement do what they do? Um, I don't think I could sit very long with it feeling like nothing was happening. And especially if it was one of my family members, you would, I would be everywhere. Like you would see these signs everywhere. I would be all over the internet. I'd be on the show. I would be posting on Reddit. I would be like, I wouldn't be able to stay very quiet. And, you know, the hard thing is though, kind of, we're kind of going through that with Michael's cousin. Like we can't really talk about a whole lot because there might be great gang related. Yeah. Right. So then you worry that maybe if we say something that they could retaliate, even as far as Portland right here. So like, you don't want to talk about too much because out of fear that there could be more to it. So is that something that other people are dealing with when they don't want to speak about it, which happens to be, you mentioned it last, um, uh, a couple of podcasts, or maybe it was last one, um, about the boy in Washington. Yeah. Uh, Matthew and Matthew, right. The mom wants to do this, but then out of fear for the rest of her family, what can you and can't say like, correct. So maybe the daughter isn't putting her name out because then that would make like the boyfriends then are, they might investigate that. Right? But see now with that, with, with that scenario, cause that's what I, I that's exactly what I was going to say to you is even with that, I think I would be saying, look, there is fear or there is suspicion 
on gang related activity. So I can't say much because I don't want to become a target myself. Right. But I think I'd be saying that the only reason why I would stay quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Other ways I would be like Matthew's mom, who was like every show I can get on, I'm going to do everything. I think about, um, Michael Bryson, I think it is down in Eugene, who has been missing, which by the way, an update, they did find some of his personal effects. He went missing near cottage Grove. We were never, never able to get the family on. We were never able to get the family on, I think, because they were following the process. And obviously they were doing a huge man, man's manhunt themselves and searching for him. But, um, I think they were trusting in the process of police enforcement, you know, police officers and, and investigators and everything. Um, but that would not be good enough for me. I would be on every podcast talking to whoever I had to talk to, to get the word out. And I would not be letting this just go idle. Um, so I, I, I'm frustrated by this particular case because I feel like, okay, it's been 16 years. Let's get some more information. Yeah. I just think there's something amiss there at home. Yes. There has to be something that happened. What did the friend that she was meeting for breakfast, do we even know where she lived? Did she lived in hood river? Like, I don't, I think so, but they said they were meeting. I, I recall three miles away. Okay. Yeah. So like you didn't even, it had to have happened somewhere in the house. Like exactly. And did they like search the house? Do they, is there any evidence in the house that there was a struggle or you, you saw as limited information. It sounds like, as I did, there's nothing there. Like they didn't release any of that. So yeah, that's my question. What did the house look like? Was there anything amiss there? Like, did she pack a bag? Um, you know, so much, did they, did they, lumen all the place. I mean, you know, if she did have these boyfriends online, did somebody come over? Yeah. And you know, 2004, there weren't ring doorbells and all that crap. And I don't know, I don't have one of those. So, um, I wouldn't know anyways, but you know, there's a lot more people are paying a little more attention. I don't even know where she lived in hood river. So did right, she live in the downtown you area? Hills, you could be down below. Yeah. She walk her dog along the Columbia and slip in like, exactly. I mean, it sounded like at 10 o'clock she was going to bed. From well, she the, wouldn't have slipped in the river and somehow her car made it down the road. So that, well, make, right. But uh, yeah. unless you were trying to cover it up and get the truck out of the area or you just needed to get out there somehow, I don't know. Well, I guess you're, you're correct. She could have um, went to bed, got up at six o'clock in the morning or something like that to go for a walk. You're right. She, and before her breakfast, right. She could have went out before that. Um, I'm just thinking like that. Well, yeah. And I, I guess I just think, um, I'm, I'm a sleeper in her. So I would have slept to the last possible <laughs> moment to get up, to go to bre- breakfast with a friend. Um, you know, I would have gotten myself ready or whatever, but, um, you know, I guess yeah, the thing is like, why would you kill somebody just for their car, a car ride to another town? Like, would you do that? I don't think you would have if somebody's life and the possibility of going to prison Although if you're just like a heroin addict or on drugs and yeah, I can see you're not they do dumb shit. They do dumb shit for stupid reasons. So I guess that is possible, but it doesn't seem like they used a credit card of hers. They didn't try to access her bank accounts. You would think that they would at least try. They'd at least attempt to get money out. Like did the daughter have a boyfriend that the mom didn't like? And don't have that. Like, you can't see him anymore. And- yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have any of that, which is frustrating because it's been 16 years. Give, give us something. 
nothing. Anyway, so if anybody has information or if the yeah. daughter hears us. Yeah, come on. I want to hear some stories. I want to know more details. Yeah, come on. Tell us, what, like tell us what's mom. going on. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear the stories that I'm working on? Yeah, tell me. And actually, I can tell you part of this story. But okay, did you hear? And these are not local, but I just got intrigued. And I was like, oh, we got to do these. The FBI has decoded the Zodiac killers um, messages. Yeah. And I've heard some other people talk about they, they either, they don't agree with it, but oh, so tell me, what did you hear about? That? Well, okay. So that's not the one I'm going to cover today, but that's one that I'm going to cover soon because I, okay. I want to get into that because that yeah. sounds too, totally cool. And then um, I've been listening to Dak Shepard's podcast. Yeah. Do you listen to him? Um, no, I don't. Okay. So, uh, but I okay. should crazy conspiracies out there right okay, now. So I wanted to go through some conspiracies. Maybe that's what I'll talk about next time. Okay. Some Cause this is, this is yeah. one that, um, I just want to tell you that I'm going to do a show on the mole children. Like there's people that believe that there are children being held under central park and they are, um, making like they are using these kids to have babies to use like, um, their, their, um, is it plasma to like give to Democrats to stay healthy and like weird stuff. And that the, the, those big freezer trucks that they brought into New York during COVID were actually used for these kids underground, like weird off the wall conspiracies, things that I'm like, and people believe this, like, are you kidding? Because I do have to say, one of my clients was just telling me she works at Meridian park hospital yeah. and one, the vaccines that come, they yeah. have to stay a certain temperature and it's yes. really cold. Yes. Could that have been what that actually was? No, th they were for dead bodies. When yeah. people were dying in New York at mass numbers, they had nowhere that the morgues were getting full. They had nowhere to put these extra dead bodies, dead bodies. So they bought these refrigerator or rented these refrigerator trucks and put them out on the street to put dead bodies into. Awesome. Yeah. You, you imagine your mom in there or your dad? No, it's horrible. And, and actually I, I heard, um, from a, um, oh, what's this? Ugh. Uh, sometimes, okay. Do you ever watch a show and then you blur it with reality and you're like, yeah. Oh, this really happened. I think this is totally fake. By the way, I think it was a show where, um, yeah, it was, it was blue bloods. Oh my God. Um, anyways. Okay. I'm not going to tell that. Cause that was clearly not true, but, um, the, the people, you couldn't be with your loved ones either. So like they had to house all these dead bodies. So anyways, that's what those freezer trucks were for. And they were very publicly told this is what they were for, but okay. I'm going to do some conspiracy theories next time. Okay. So good. Go into that. And if you want you to, and then hopefully we have some that aren't the same, but I yeah. want to, um, okay. So have you heard of donor nine, six, two, three? No. Okay. I have watched like shows, um, about like doctors who, who implanted their sperm into women yeah. and birthed all these women or birthed all these kids unknowingly to the families. The families oftentimes thought it was the dads and all this, right? Well, donor 9623, otherwise known as Chris Aggles, A-G-G-E-L-E-S. And I actually listened to this one on Dax, Dax Shepard's podcast, was but he the I also doctor. What's that? 
Was he a doctor? Well, no. Okay. So the show on Dax is d- with Dove Fox. Okay. Oh. He's actually like in law, but he's doing a lot in terms of reproductive law. And I also then went to the Daily Mail and AGC, AGC.com. So I kind of went through several different um, venues to kind of get more information about this. But this guy, Chris Eagles, um, went in, basically, he was um, living in LA at the time, and he was a dropout in, in, in college. And he heard about sperm, being a sperm donor. And so he went in and filled out the paperwork, said that he spoke four languages, um, lied about having an advanced degree in neuroscience, and said that he had the IQ of 160. I can't remember how many questions there were, but like over 100 questions about your family history. And the only thing that he said yes to was that his um, biological father was colorblind. Everything else was a no. So he had like a perfect health record. Well, he actually was an ex-con. They don't he validate had, any of this information. They just do it. That, that is the, that is the whole crux of this conversation is because that there is got paid a lot of money for that good stuff. He did. Yeah. So $150, I think was the first, was the first sperm donation. And then after that, I, I Dax was saying $750. Like, yeah, different tiers for different, like, yes. Yeah. Well, so this guy, um, did have schizophrenia. He, um, fathered, ended up fathering at least 36 kids via sperm doning. And even though this company, so kind of back up, this company is Zytex X Y T E X. And he began in 2000, he ended in 2014, but they said that after 10 to 11 successful births, that they would retire that donor. Well, that is a flat out lie because this kid has at least 36 kids that they know of. And sometimes he was going in twice a week. His sperm was so popular because of all the information that he had turned, you know, had submitted. They didn't do any reference checks. They didn't check any of this. So in reality, this guy, sperm donor 9623, he um, had a criminal record for burglary in 1999, he was institutionalized for mental health problems. So by that time, 2000, when he actually signed up to be a sperm donor, they could have figured that part out yeah. because he'd actually been into, into well, validate into, education. Correct. Like, there's so correct. much that he could have. And now he's 43. He broke his silence and he said that he feels terrible. But how this came about was six years earlier, it was revealed by the sperm bank on accident. I'm not sure how this happened. They sent his real email address and his name out to some families that were questioning who this guy was because they were having, this sounds horrible, but they were having issues with these kids. They were having mental health issues and they were having these things that that just didn't seem right. And so they were wanting more information about their kids, you know, family history. And, you know, oh, this company is out of Georgia, by the way. Um, But he was a, he was a a working waiter. So he was a college dropout. He was working as a waiter and he was told by this opportunity by a friend. And he was like, Hey, it's an opportunity for me to make extra cash. I'm going to do it. He said that it made him feel special. 
it made him feel really cool that they were, he was in high demand. And, um, so he just got off doing this, like literally got off, but um, bump. Um, but they somehow released this information in 2014 and a bunch of lawsuits have ensued since. And it's couples in America, the UK and Canada. I, I did find an article. I could have probably dug into this for a lot longer because I found an article by um, a boy who actually Googled, he found his donor, right? He wanted, wanted to know from his mom. He actually Googled donor nine, what was it? Nine, three, six, I have nine, six, two, three, and found articles about him and was reading through all this shit. And so he like showed it to his mom and his mom was like, oh my God, my 14 year old son has been Googling all this information. He now knows all this information about his bio dad. This is horrible. Like I feel so guilty that my son has been sitting for two hours looking at this stuff. But this, this one of the kids born in 2002 at around the age of nine was diagnosed with ADHD. He had suicidal and homicidal thoughts. He required multiple hospitalizations. He needed antidepressants, antipsychotics. Um, and in 2017, his family sued Zytec, claiming they encouraged deception because there's some um, people that are saying, no, no, they women would go out and find these good looking young men and encourage them. And it's not been proven, but it's been questioned whether they encourage them to fib and maybe stretch the truth a little bit, not disclose everything. Um, but they're suing Who them. In trouble? For is the company in trouble or is he personally in trouble for lying? You know, the company should be at, at because they didn't do the research. So who's, the, who's getting sued exactly? So Zytec is getting sued at this point, but there may be criminal cases that come about that he could actually be sued um, for uh, for lying. But I think that, you know, they're not going to get any money from him. So I'm not sure why they would really sue him personally. Zytec is the one who would have all the money. This is a big business. I didn't realize that this business was completely unregulated. Yeah. And um, they're suing for wrongful death. And the cost that they're including is childbirth and the cost of raising their son now. Mm -hmm. um, but this goes back to um, Roe v. Wade, which I didn't know either. So basically Roe v. Wade happened and everybody kind of backed off of regulating women's bodies and even cl clearly men's sperm, because there was a question of when, when a a child is a human or when it, when it's a, a human child and when it's not. And so it kind of has been left to be unregulated and other countries have many more regulations on this process. And I just find it odd that here we are in the U S and very little is being done to regulate this very little to check references yeah. to check information given. And, you know, uh, you and I both know that it's a crapshoot for us, right? For us having kids, we just got what we got. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. And, and I kind of see this in this point, you know, you, you went to a sperm donor, you kind of get what you get and you don't throw a fit. However, but we I did our research. We, we were in relationships with these people correct. and decided that 
their crazy family is worth trying to have a child with. Correct. And I, I think that's exactly the line that I would say is these companies have a responsibility yeah, to check. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are things that happen in our lives after we've had children in family histories that were like, oh, we didn't know that. Like we just found out Eric's gluten intolerant, like extremely wheat gluten intolerant. Well, now there's questions in our mind, whether our son is, cause he's always had the kind of these stomach issues. Um, but you know, I didn't know that before I had kids with him. I still would have had a kid with him, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this company is taking, is exchanging money for this sperm. It is well within reasonable, I believe reasonability that they would check some of this stuff. I mean, at least check to see that the guy was actually enrolled where he said he was enrolled. Right. Like, yes. Check his education. Do all, I mean, especially when you have, if you're paying top tier, sit, thank you. You make sure that person is top tier. Exactly. He's at the bottom until you can be like, okay, once we validate who you actually are, we'll have you come in next Tuesday to do a, a deposit, but we need to check to see where you fall yep. into that. Like you don't just base it on what somebody says. No, no. Well, and the other weird thing, like, you know how right now there's all these DNA things right now. Like what if you, what if you didn't, you were just a donor, like, and you were just doing it for college to make money. And now these people are finding out who you are when you were just a donor, like you were, yeah. had no intentions of ever like actually being a part of their life. Yeah. So what happens to like, what are their rights at that point? So there is, there are cases like that where, where people have reached out to their sperm donors. I've watched lots of these documentary shows where this is happening and it's really a hit and miss kind of thing. Like some of the donors are like, no, don't call me again. You know, that is a different part of my life. Other people are like, you know, I, I would love to meet you, but I'm not your father, but I'd love to give you information about my back history or whatever. So some people are open to it. Some people are like, you know, you have your family. This guy was legit. Let's say he was a neuroscience and all of that. Does he want 36 kids to come and try to find him because now they've released their information? Like, would he want, like, that's a huge responsibility, not even if they don't want anything, but just to know that you have 36, half of you somewhere, right. That's a lot to take right. in, like emotionally. I, I would yeah. think versus even if they want nothing from you, wouldn't you be like, that's very stressful. I think. Yeah. I, I do too. I do too. I think there should be limits on the number. And I do think that they should be checking resources. And I think and the how fact do you that keep they're it private, like even to the point when they're doing DNA tests, like, yeah. I, or is it just well, and well, back in 2004, we didn't know what the technology would be in 2020. Right. So like, did we ever know, did, would, we, would we thought in 2004 that we would even know that you had 36 kids out there? Like, like when you I were giving your sperm, you're not even, you're just thinking of the money. You're not actually thinking what it's actually doing. You're helping another family have their own children, but you're also fathering I mean, I have to admit, I was a struggling, poor college student. I might've considered just giving an egg, you know, if it, if it wasn't such a big thing for women, um, if I was a dude, I think I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to jack off anyways. So I might as well get paid to do it. Like I wouldn't even, I don't know, like, I just, and you're giving life to, to another, you know, family. I think that's really, really wonderful. Right. I, 
I think this is a great um, gift that they're giving a lot of people. I definitely agree with that. But I do think that there needs to be regulations. I do think they need to be fact checking and reference checking. And now you're so right, Leslie. Like we're in 2020. We you can quickly and easily do a DNA test on this stuff and quickly figure out shit they don't know about themselves, right? Right. Um, apparently, this whole know, week, like all of their like yeah, their dietary yeah. stuff. Yeah, this we're, week so like, we're like, oh no, unless you want somebody that's not gluten free and blah blah blah. Yeah, celiac. Yeah. This, this is not for you. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I just think there's a privacy thing and, and you can't keep that private now because of all of the DNA stuff out. And I just think it's unfortunate for the people who were donors who didn't necessarily want to know the results of what yeah. was the outcome of some of these things were. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask that. you this in your when, when you were at this age, what things would you have, tr if you could have chosen to not have certain qualities about you or your husband, have you thought about like what qualities you would have said, Oh, we don't want that. Um, I think, uh, alcohol would be, I don't have a problem with alcohol addiction. One like, thing. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'd say like, uh, obsessive things. Yes. You know, he gets fixated on, and not in a weird, like, oh, like a dog who's like going for his prey type of thing, but you know, he gets uh, a little <laughs> excited about, and actually there's nothing wrong with that. I can deal with it. It's not a yeah. big deal, but um, I don't like the alcohol portion of it. And I don't like, um, it's not. Yeah. And that is a genetic yeah. Uh, component. Yeah. yeah. That would be one thing that. Anything about yourself. Oh God. There's so many things about myself. I think, I think securities would be a huge one. Oh, and partly that is, yeah. would be my family, right? So that yeah. may not have been a genetic thing. That could have been just how I was raised, which then like, you know, fell into my adult high life. But I'm, I feel like I'm trying to get that. Now that I can identify it and understand what's actually happening, I think I yeah. know a little bit better, but um, I don't share my family well. Yeah. <laughs> or my husband, especially. Um, <laughs> And now I'm, I'm a lot more lenient. Like I just don't, and I think it just came with um, the, the understanding of what it is and just knowing who he is as a person that, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, guess. I think I would have, I think I would have gotten, I think I would have asked for more confidence, um, especially with my girl, like with my daughter, I would want her to be more secure in her body and you know, what she looks like and not worry about, you know, Oh, do I you've given her all of that. I think some of that is the external world that puts that pressure on us because I, you seem very confident. Your people say that, but I'm not. Well, you, you I make it look that way for sure. And I feel like maybe some, it's the external stuff in your life that maybe is giving you that, not you, not your family, not your because everything yeah, maybe. you do is very uh, put together, and um, I would you're like a very strong, you have big personality. I would never put you as insecure or like um, unsure of anything. Which is her. so funny because that's not the case. <laughs> like, I, so I, I tell this story um, often. So this is nothing that some some people will have heard this. 
but in my regular life, I mean, partly because I was so tall so soon, like as sixth grade, I was one of the tallest people, including the boys. Right. So I was always considered a big girl and, um, I was not a thin little thing, even, you know, for my height. So I was always felt like in the external world, I was big, but in my family, they always said, you don't eat enough. You're too thin. You're because they're very large. I mean, they large and most of them overweight and obese. And so, um, I always lived in these two worlds where I didn't feel like I was like my friends and I didn't feel like I was accepted by my family because I was too small. So it was, and, and not small, like tall. I, I was definitely still tall. I was the tallest one, tallest woman, I should say in my family, but just not fat enough. Right. Or yeah. big enough. Right. Didn't eat enough. Didn't what I because worked it made out them I, even more secure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, like it made them feel worse about themselves that you yeah. weren't as big as them. Yeah. And it's interesting that people, cause I have heard this so many times, Leslie, that you're so put together. You're like the woman that comes into the room and everybody's like, oh, fuck that bitch. Right. <laughs> like, are you You're fucking, like, I need to ask her the question. Like I yeah. need to talk to her. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm the one who's coming in going, okay, I'm just going to fake it till I make it because I feel like you're the, the one big... that makes everybody else feel insecure. In yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, feeling insecure. In, like no one's talking to me. You're like, yes. It's the opposite of what's happening. Like, I'm the giraffe in the room. Everyone's noticing me because I'm six foot tall and, you know, blonde, but really I'm the one who's going, uh, oh, will anybody like me here? Like, will you, so do you believe me. that when we come in, we pick our parents? I do actually. And I do. Yeah. So how does that work then? It's like, if we could take away something, but if we pick them to give us, like, I feel like I was learned, I learned to be resourceful and I'm independent, kind of independent, yeah. but like there's certain traits that I believe that I have because of my parents, because I chose that. Yeah. So I, Leslie, it's strange. I believe that now more than I believed it before after doing Davina's past life regression yeah. with her. I, there is no question in my mind. The kids that came into those other parents. Yes. They chose to come in even. So sometimes that sperm is, it's just the sperm, but it's just the way that that conduit come into the body, but it does still carry the DNA and the, you know, the, the genetics of that person, but it was really that soul trying to get into that body. And that was the only way to get to those two parents that it chose. Yes. It is the conduit. You're right. Go back. Like, I mean, that, we could be really bad jurors. That is mind blowing. Yeah. So I don't know about that. Like, then you think of it that way, and I'm like, I yeah. don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really a messy kind of a thing, and I'm actually just started. Um, it's called donor donor nine ci nine six three two um it's a podcast on audible and i just started listening to it so i'll tell you what more i learn about it but um and about the case i've just kind of given you the tip of the iceberg but um i'm going to listen to it more but you bring up such a valid point i hadn't thought about that like with the paranormal and and picking your parents and all that like how much of that struggle was meant to be in that parent's life of schizophrenia and all those mental health issues. Or do we come in not knowing what our physical problems are going to be? And it's more like but are the they heart. just trying to put blame on something that maybe that was caused like with the yeah. family, or maybe it was on the mom's side in there. And because he was a donor, it must be that it couldn't yes. be that they did. Like, yeah, we're going to blame. Like, 
Right. Yeah. And so at what point, like you, you signed up for this regardless yeah. of where you got it from. Yeah. You need to figure this out. So, so even if you figure like you find out that he was a fraud and all of that, it changes right. nothing other than what you're trying to get money now to care for this child, but they're expensive anyway. Like, so yeah. at what point do you blame the company? Because you chose to do this. And was it on your side? Do you have any of that in your DNA way back? I mean, like you're right. How, how do you know? Like a genetic, not a genetic thing. Yeah. What if it just happened? Like what yeah. if there was an incident when they were an infant that caused the split personnel? I mean, who knows? Well, and haven't you seen where if two people come together, sometimes they're, they carry a recessive gene and a recessive right. gene that together they make some issue with with kids or whatever, like you could have had that too. I think, I think for people, it comes back to that idea that X Zytec, sorry, was not being responsible. They were, they were not. And, and that I agree with completely yeah. they didn't do the work and at minimum should have yeah. checked that stuff out. And, you know, I don't but know about you being top tier, like, yeah. And I don't know about you, but like, I even think about that when I'm getting a dog or a pet, like you get yeah. what you get. And I, we rescued a dog. God, God love him. We had him for 16 years and he, we tried and tried to train out some leech aggression with him. And he was just a little skip. He, he was just a little ADHD, little yeah. thing, you know, anyways. Um, but we gave him the best life that, that he I'm sure could have had. Um, but you get what you get. And once we got him, once we had him for a while, I was like, oh my God, what did we do? This is, you know, all wrong. But our daughter was no way, no how letting us get rid of him. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of comes down to that too. Like you're getting a puppy, you know, you hope I always this saw breeder... mom and I, yeah. I was told about the dad, but I never actually saw the dad. Yeah. And when you look at the size of this puppy, he's really big. I know that's what you said, but you love big dogs. I love big dogs. I do, but I'm like, I, I'm not signed up for a Mastiff. <laughs> I mean, so is the mom like Mastiff size? No, he's little, but, oh. and the dog seems a lot older than he, like, I don't know. I just got like a new. Okay. So dad. question, have you asked to see a picture of the dog? Of the dad? Yeah. Or the, yeah, the dad. No, I could just text her and ask her. I will oh, do okay. that. He might turn out to be like, yeah. And has she told you how much the dad weighed? So no, but when I look up that breed that he supposedly is, uh, he's not very big. He's like a oh. size of, um, he's not even a size of a lab. Like they're thin and they're oh. skinny and they're like, uh, I will, I'll text her and ask her because I'm just like, well, this puppy is coming big. She's got big hands. I don't know. Like, cause I will tell you, I have a girlfriend who she loves great Danes. She's had a couple, but she has one right now and he is so tall, mm -hmm. so big. He has a twin blow up mattress. That is his bed. Oh yeah. No, we have friends that have their, they take up the, they lay on the sofa and it's the whole sofa. Like you can't yes. on it with them. He has yes. his own sofa. Yes. And they just, they're all legs. And I think that's why they have knee and hip problems. And, they do. Yeah. yeah. They don't live very long. I think six yeah. years is kind of typical. I, she's had this one for eight and he's struggling, but, um, you know, they, they have to be on soft things. So they have to be on foam beds or air mattresses or whatever, because their bodies just can't handle it. So you may be getting a Mastiff. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll text her today and ask what the dad looks like. Great Dane, you know, dad, I'm just curious what he might yeah. end up looking like. Or, yeah. I don't know. Well, I say that the, the dog we have now, he, he uh, she is, um, uh, full bred American lab 
and she's the best dog we've ever, ever had. And I fear that I can never get another dog because she is literally the best dog we've ever had. She's amazing. About my last lab. I loved my last, he was, he's in the room with us right now. His color's in here. And isn't he, didn't you adopt him from another woman? From from Craigslist is yes after college and he was so good but we weren't sure because he was huge like yes. he was a big guy and he looked really scary but he was really great with other dogs and other and people yeah. like we never had to worry the only thing I did is he would bolt out the front door all of our dogs do that so it's clearly yeah. something that we're doing yeah you're doing I yeah and I'm not doing with my next dog like yeah. I want to be able to leave the front door open and know that he's not going to just bolt out and then have to chase him around the neighborhood yeah. I just want I just have to, I have to figure that out personally. Yes. I've been watching all kinds of training videos. So, and they yeah. also said, I was reading like, if your dog's like food aggressive, this one yeah. guy, he goes, the first thing you do is take away that bowl and you only hand feed it. You uh-huh. hand feed it twice a week, like twice a day. And that's the only way he gets his food. And oh, if wow. he's like, you know, if he's on the sofa and he's aggressive when you're trying to get him off, he doesn't get to go on the sofa. He has, yeah. he has a crate that he goes into. So I think I was like, oh, that's kind of good. Like you don't just feed into that aggression you actually yeah. take it away and like make it not an option and then yeah, eventually, yeah. if they can eat out of your hand I'm, I'm sure you can give it to the bull eventually but right I don't know I gotta figure this out I <laughs> thought you were gonna say you get down and eat the eat the bowl of food with them and I was like well, oh my god I've know. been watching these videos some of these dogs you don't want to even get near their bowls it's so scary but no yeah. yeah well that's exciting I'm, yeah. I'm I love puppies me too I want to snuggle and smell their little puppy breath. Do a little ending for us for um, like a sign off there. Okay. Well, so you are going to do, I'm going to do the show on um, conspiracies. We'll do that next. Okay. Yes. We're going to do right. conspiracy theories next. And I'm going to go through TikTok because they're all the, that's all what's going on right now on TikTok is all these weird, you know, and then, you know, we'll just talk about, um, we'll go through a a few and hopefully we have some of the same and some that aren't so exciting. Well, listeners, we have so appreciated you guys reaching out to us to give us a few ideas on um, other cases that you want to hear about. Keep them coming. We love that. We love that. Please um, support us by going to Patreon or going to our website anywhere where, you know, any, any of the services we're on. Um, We love your support. We need your support to keep doing this. And, um, if you have any other ideas, I actually have been missing Suzanne Jockas. So I'm excited yeah. that she's coming back on January, um, in January, the yeah. first weekend of January. So the first week of January, which is the first Monday. So go on our website. Yes. We'll get the sign up genius going. I'll put sign that up. up. Okay. Yep. Come up with a good question or two for her. Um, you know, what I always get asked hold for you. Ask her. Yeah. I yeah. always, I always get like, what, what questions should I ask? You know? Well, it's, it's difficult, but you want something that, um, speaks to really the core of what you want to get to, but not so generic that she doesn't have anything to go from. So I don't know. Do you have any ideas? She's not going to tell you like your death date or, you know, anything that's scary. It's not scary. No, it's not. And you know, it can be something fun too. Right. And if you're worried, just go back to our old episodes of any of the Suzanne Jockas and listen to what other people have asked and how she responds. And then you'll realize it's not a scary thing at all. Yeah. 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 And I, I, and you'll also hear the good questions that get good good responses and those that are just almost too generic that the, the, the answer is just too broad. Right. Um, so listen to that, but, um, if you want to, if you want like a detailed specific answer, you need to ask that kind of question. 
Yeah. And also, you know what, book a time with her. If you have more questions and you want to dig deeper into those things, oh my gosh, they are just invaluable. I, every single one I've done has been absolutely invaluable with, with anyone that I've ever done. And even that past life regression. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and she just came out with a book. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Davina has a new book of it. Nope. (laughs) We can talk about that next time too. So yes. Yes. So yeah, um, everybody have a great end of 2020. If we don't um, talk to you or you don't listen to us in that time and um, we'll be back for one more episode before the end of the year. And then it's Suzanne Jockus in January. We'll kick her off with our 2021 season two. Awesome. That's so exciting. Yes. All right, Leslie, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.